challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast. It's great to have you with me here on this February the 1st. Trust that your February is going to be an awesome one. Hey, I want to make sure that you go to our website, greatman.tv, and you sign up for the Great Man Digest. This is a very cool, very colorful weekly email blast put together by our crack team here at Great Man. And it is something you're going to want. It challenges you, encourages you, it links to resources. It lets you know what's going on with us. Uh, please go to greatman.tv on the homepage. You'll see a place to subscribe. Uh, I tell you what, you're going to want this thing, and we will not sell your information to anybody else so that you get deluged by marketing offers. We are here to try to help you be a great man. Now, I've had a number of you write me of late and ask about something that I'm that I'm eager to talk about because I've experienced it myself. And it has to do with what should happen when a member of your band of brothers dies. You know that I'm a big believer that every man needs to have a band of brothers around him. I've written about this in the little booklet, Building Your Band of Brothers. Get it, by the way, if you haven't read it, get it. In fact, get a bunch of them. They're not very expensive. And pass them around to all of your guys. But what happens when a man that you've walked with, a man you've confronted, a man who's confronted you, uh, a man who's stirred you to, to be a better man, a man you've had laughs with and yucked it up with and traveled with and worked with, and and a man who's wor- worked his way into your soul and you've, you've worked your way into his as you've helped each other be better men. What happens when he dies? What should happen when he dies? Well, I'm happy to answer this question in this podcast, and I'm I'm happy to do it partly because we're dealing with a lot of death in our nation, and so death is very much on our minds, but also because I have dealt with, I have endured the death of men who were uh, in my band of brothers. I've been fortunate to have some really wonderful men in my life, um, especially in the last maybe 20 years. And I got to tell you, you get close, you are closer than brothers. There's an old statement that historians uh, used to make, and it is that water is thicker than blood. And what they mean by that is that on the American frontier, for example, when a group of families moved, let's say, around a certain river and they built a settlement uh, and they hammered out life together, their blood kin, as it used to be said, their blood relatives might be thousands of miles away or, or might not be anywhere nearby. But those who shared water, those who built around the same water, those who drank the same water, they became close. In other words, they built together. They defended each other. They, they fought for each other. They, they knew each other. They encouraged each other. And so kind of in a symbolic way, some historians, some poets have said that water is thicker than blood. And I imagine many of you listening to this find that to be true, that the people that you do life with, the people, that the men in your band of brothers, that you find that they are closer than actual biological family members. Maybe not, and I hope not. I, I love it when families are close, uh, but not all of us have that. Not all of us enjoy that. And so thank God that you can have adopted brothers, so to speak, that you can have a band of brothers, that you can have those with whom you have that free fire zone and who you let into your life, you get into their life. That's great. I want you to have it. But what happens when they die? I'll tell you that one of the men in my band of brothers often looks around at our gang and says, you know what? 
it brings a great deal of comfort to me that these are the men who will be my pallbearers. And that's how he thinks. This is lifelong. This is permanent. This is sacred. Uh, You guys, those of you who survived me, (laughs) will be carrying my casket to my grave. And that is a great way to think about it. However, it's also painful. It's also painful when you lose a man. It also, it's also, also painful when a man who knows you and whom you know and whom you've, you, you've stood the ramparts with uh, passes away. So, so what should happen? What should happen? Well, let me in no, no particular order tell you some things that should happen. Um, a band of brothers who loses one of its members, uh, sh- first of all, I want to say, should encourage each other to grieve. You know, men are, we, we've got these signals, these things that have come down through our culture, sometimes down through the generations uh, that I've hammered in this podcast before. And that is that we ought to be stoic, that we ought not be emotional, uh, that we ought to be shut down, that true men don't show emotion. Not true. My, 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 my member of the band of brothers died. I've lost a couple of them in my life. I bawled my eyes out. It's fine. Whoever told us that tears aren't appropriate for a man? Tears are appropriate for a man. Men ought to be emotionally engaged. They ought to be fully whole emotionally. We ought to feel everything. We ought to laugh hard, celebrate hard, grieve hard. We ought to feel everything. We ought to feel it keenly. I have no problem crying. I'm not a, not a, not a baller, so to speak. I do a lot of speaking. I don't cry my way through talks. I occasionally tear up. Absolutely have no problem with that. I, I am a full-on human being. So we should be encouraging each other to grieve. G- give, give vent to it. Take time for it. Give place to it. Take some days off. Um, one of the band of brothers I know that lost a member, there was a cabin, a, a network of cabins they used to go to in the woods that they rented, I think, for borrowed from a guy. And, um, and they, as soon as their, their buddy died, um, they buried him and then they all went out to that cabin and they wept and they, they grieved and they sat around the fire and they told stories and they left an empty chair and they cooked the food that he enjoyed and they gave themselves to it. Not a bunch of guys sitting around bawling their eyes out in a fetal position. I mean, that's not that's not what you're trying to create. Um, what you're trying to create is a moment to give praise to God for this man's life. Thank God for this man's life. Um, and you want to give yourself fully to remembering. You want to give yourself fully to uh, to celebrating. You want to give yourself fully to embedding in each other's lives the memory that you'll carry forever. Sharpen it. Remember it. Write things down that you wouldn't have written down before. And grieve and raise a glass and celebrate. So you want to encourage each other to grieve. Now, while you're doing that in whatever form it takes, you want to turn from yourselves immediately and you want to serve the man's family. This is something I'm very concerned about in our current generation. I have to tell you that many men are leaving their families without life insurance, without burial insurance, without wills. You know, I've ranted about this before, and I'll rant it for 30 seconds about it right now. If you're in a band of brothers, if you have influence in other men's lives, I want you to make part of that influence that you are urging them to make sure they have life insurance, burial insurance if possible, and definitely a will. I have sat at the kitchen table in homes with women whose husbands love them well, romantic, taking them out for dinners, by all accounts, great physical lives, loved the kids, went to church, just good men. But when they died, they had made no preparation. Now, it could be that they just didn't have any skill. They didn't have any training in this stuff, but there are people who can help you. 
So the band of brothers needs to, first of all, pull in now with each of its members and make sure that those things are in place. You should look every guy in the face the next time you're hanging together and saying, do you have a will? Do you have life insurance? And do you have the option of burial insurance? Life insurance these days is relatively inexpensive. A guy can make sure that his family gets a half a million upon his death for, for a relatively small amount of money, for about what the average family spends on pizza in America every month. So this is something we can push. You don't have to be wealthy to have huge uh, insurance. And some of, some of you can afford, without too much loss, to have millions of dollars of life insurance. That may be necessary. If you've got kids that you've pushed to university and they're planning to go to law school and they were counting on you to help pay for that and, and there's still a mortgage on the house, although I hope you get out of that kind of thing, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then that, that's not just small money. That's a lot of money. And sure, your wife may go to work, and sure, the other kids may go to work, but you don't want to have you don't want to have to force that. I die. Uh, I'm older, of course, than most of you, uh, but I die. I don't want Bev to have to work for the rest of her life. So I have pretty serious life insurance. She'll be well off. Plus, we've made good investments in real estate and other things. And so you want to ask these questions. Why? Some of you probably squirm a little bit when I talk a little bit about where I am financially and what kind of provisions I've made and you know how I think about this kind of thing. Well, I do it for your sake. I do it because I want you to ask these same questions of yourself and your band of brothers. So number one, make sure that you are asking these questions now. But as soon as a member of your band of brothers dies, get with his family. Help, guide, pull in other experts. I've sat with women. Um, the man, man has left, made no provision. I pulled in my attorneys, said, help her through this, please. Pulled in my accountants. Uh, they got on it. They, could, they couldn't make up for a lack of, of insurance. They couldn't you know, pay all the bills. That wasn't what we were there to do, but we could make sure certain things were handled, handled well, handled skillfully. Quite frankly, things that should have been taken care of long before. I just didn't know they hadn't been covered uh, by that man who had passed away. So now I ask the questions all the time. Pull in with the family, not just on the business side of things, but pull in to comfort. Sit with the son. Take the daughter out for for a bite to eat. Get your wife to take the daughter out, whatever's appropriate in that situation, whatever the nature of the relationships are. Uh, walk with the, the widow. Um, who knows? Maybe, maybe within the first week, somebody's got to mow the yard. You know, I mean, I, I know of a situation. Guy had three daughters. They were all busy in high school. He died. The, I remember the, the the wife breaking into tears just that the grass was growing and none of the three girls, none of the, the three girls or the wife had mowed the yard in years because the husband has been so good at it. The band of brothers jumped in and said, look, you don't have to worry about chipping paint. You don't have to worry about the grass. You don't have to worry about the dog being taken to the vet. We'll do all of that until progressively you're able to pick it up or have another way to handle it. And it was, it meant the world to her. And of course they were doing other things, but they took care of the car, the yard, the house for months. And it was, it was, it was beautifully handled. So you want to make sure you pull in with the family. You want to make sure that you are uh, encouraging righteous, clean grieving. You want to make sure that you are uh, there for some months and long-term. You want to make sure that you're helping the kids to know who their father was. Um, I know of a band of brothers who decided after one of its members died and they got him buried and they took care of the family, they decided to produce a video. The idea was not just to produce that video for them, but to produce it for the family. And so they they got on there and they laughed and they yucked it up and they told stories. Some of them were even off color. And, you know, 
reminded them of jokes on camera, told the jokes the guy used to tell and some funny things about him. And guys would tear up and say, I remember the day he came to me and confronted me about so-and-so. I remember the moment we had that tough argument uh, in, in the, in our, when we were sitting together over steak and, and here's how it went. I mean, they just told stories and shot video and showed cabins and put pictures on there of the guy doing sports and all that kind of stuff. Thing went on for almost 45 minutes. Well, it was unbelievably impacting on the kids. It was unbelievably impacting on the wife. And it was unbelievably impacting on the more extended family who didn't even know the Band of Brothers. But this man had died early. Uh, some of them didn't really know who he was, who he would become because he had a Band of Brothers. And you can't believe the ripple effects of this simple video because it was a, a tribute. It was a remembrance. It was, it was putting down in a, in, in a form that would last for generations who this man was. Well, now that was many years ago. Now there are grandchildren that he, that he never knew, but those grandchildren are old enough to know what pop-up they call him, kind of a Texas Southern thing, but what, what pop-up was like and what pop-up wanted his grandchildren to know. And they're already talking about that at the age of five and six and so on. So this is the kind of thing that can be done. Pull in with the family, find out what the needs are, encourage remembrance. Another thing I want to mention is that uh, you don't want the band of brothers to bowl their way into a family funeral. But if the family is open to it, to have a role at the funeral is important. And at that point, that's not the time for the off-color jokes. That's not the time for the rowdy reminiscences. That's the time to talk about who he is um, in a sacred way. So if, if the Band of Brothers is given place, you can show video, you can uh, have a couple of, of you guys uh, in your band who are pretty good speakers uh, get up and, and, and share. Um, there are a lot of things that have, can be done. There are things that are done at funerals. Um, I've seen, I've seen fishing rods laid in caskets. I've seen fishing rods, uh, laid nearby. I've seen canoes. I've seen the, I've seen the body carried in a, in a canoe, the casket actually carried in a canoe. Um, I've seen, of course, military celebrations and military honorings. Um, all of that kind of thing can happen where the law is allowed and the family wants. If the family doesn't want that kind of thing, don't get ticked off by it. You know, the family, who knows what happens at funerals. There are a lot of forces going on. And if they're saying, no, I don't think we want to have the band of brothers come and speak. That's cool. Do your own thing at another time. Don't, don't create a stink at a funeral. Don't create a stink around a funeral. Just help the family do what they want to do. And then you go and have your only route, your own rowdy, sentimental, tender, uh, off color, fun, laughing, raise a glass kind of fest celebrating that man. Okay. The main thing I want to tell you to do is to stay in touch with the family over the long term. What often happens in situations like this is that you know the man very well. You know the wife secondarily. When the man dies, the wife begins to drift away from your relational circle. Um, you don't, I'm not asking you to be primary in her life. In fact, there's, a, there's some wisdom in, 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 in men, how men should engage a woman who's lost her husband. I think you understand what I'm saying. You want to be cautious. You want to be wise. You don't want to be over there by yourself. It's just wisdom. People are, people are vulnerable emotionally. You don't want anything weird to happen. But the band of brothers should commit to stay at least loosely in contact, at least checking out what's needed and making sure the family isn't hurting for a year afterwards. And if the man has made proper preparations financially and so on, that year should be enough. And part of your job is to make sure that everybody in your family, in your band of brothers has made that kind of preparation. But when, when a man in your group dies, 
make a commitment, unless there's some unusual reason you shouldn't, and you'll know what that is, but in a normal situation, make a commitment to be staying in touch with the family, each member of the family, by the way, the immediate family, um, and uh, make sure that you are taking care of the basic needs there. I will tell you something. Everybody grieves. Everybody in the family grieves. I want you to, I want you to be present in the lives of the daughters, but keep a special eye on the sons, okay? The daughters have mom to model womanhood for them, but the son, especially young sons, don't necessarily have other men stepping into their lives. And you know the statistic I'm always citing. If a young man doesn't have a father, other men stepping meaningfully into his life can make as much as 80 to 85% difference of the difference that a father would have made. We can't replace fathers, but we can be secondary fathers, honorary fathers, mentors. You know what I'm talking about. And the result is almost an 80 to 85% uh, impact on the life of the, of the, of the young man uh, of that the father would have done. And I know it's weird to use percentages when you're talking about psychological factors, but we have to have some way to express it. And the psychologist I know say about 80%. It can be even higher for a really spectacular band of brothers. So part of our function of the band of brothers is to pull in with the sons. Stay in touch with the daughters, but there they've got the mother. But stay in, stay in touch with the sons. In fact, if the sons were older, 14, 15, 16, college age, even older than that, uh, I would say bring the son into a band of brothers gathering at least once, just once. Let him hear the stories. Uh, let him yuck it up. Let him, they'll remember it forever. Uh, let him hear the, the jokes. Let him hear about confrontations they would never have heard about otherwise, etc. And uh, let them also hear how much their father loved them and cared for them and wanted to be a great man for them, for the son. Okay, these are the things that matter most. These are the things I hope that you'll do. And let me just say again that a lot of it has to do, a lot of what matters when a man dies is, yes, the remembrance in all the ways I know you'll do and do well. But what can really decide the whole situation at that time is the preparation for death that a band of brothers encourages. My band of brothers knows I have burial insurance. They know that I have life insurance. They know that I have a will. Um, They know that Bev is very well taken care of. And by the way, they know I want them pulling in. I want them to be my pallbearers and I want them to pull in with Bev and Jonathan, my son, and Elizabeth, my daughter. I want them to pull in and love them and draw them in and check with them and just make sure they're launched well. And then I want them to go have a rowdy time wherever they want to have it on me. (laughs) I'll pay for it. And I want them to remember and raise a glass and uh, be, be thankful to God for my life and for the times we had together. That's stuff you can get ready for now. All right, I'm proud of you guys for asking this question because you know what? Handling the death of one of our band of brothers is one of the great arts of noble manhood. To join the Great Man Movement or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's three essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, Building Your Band of Brothers, and Men on Fire, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.